Today we meet in Isaiah chapter 24, verse 1 to verse 23. In this chapter we are talking about the coming of the great tribulation. The coming great tribulation. This chapter begins a totally new section of Isaiah, and this section is frequently referred to as the little apocalypse. That is a chapter comprising chapter 24 all the way to chapter 27. And this section deals with the final judgments of all humanity and the universe itself. Of course, Revelation chapter 6 verse 2 supports that view. Chapter 23 concluded the judgment against the nations. Actually, a section that began from chapter 13 all the way to chapter 23. And in that section, we saw the nations who were judged, who represented worldly philosophies, worldly ideas. And they were all judged because they were related to Israel, either by proximity or by an alliance in business or even for warfare. We have seen God's judgments snowballing from nation to nation, and now it comes down to the final judgment that is coming upon the earth. And that judgment is a judgment which our Lord Jesus Christ labeled the great tribulation period. This section is thoroughly eschatological. That is, it refers to the final judgment from which God will come upon the whole world. In contrast to the judgments upon the nations, chapter 13 to 23, which have largely been fulfilled, this final judgment is entirely future. It's not yet fulfilled. So we are talking of a worldwide judgment from God. Isaiah chapter 24 verse 1. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste distorts its surface and scatters abroad its inhabitants. You see, my friend, the world is going to be judged. And he uses the word earth. And earth in this verse is the Hebrew word eretz and could mean either the land of Israel or the whole world. Now, the whole world interpretation conforms better to the context in this chapter. Actually, the judgment could be said to be twofold, referring not only to the end of Israel, but also referring to the entire world. What will happen? He will judge. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty. He will empty it. He will make it waste. He will distort its surface and scatters abroad its inhabitants. That statement is talking of God's judgment. What will he do? And why will he do it? The earth is also defiled under its inhabitants because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. The judgment of God upon Israel, upon the whole earth, will come because we have transgressed the laws. The earth is now defiled 
by transgressing the laws, by changing the ordinance and even breaking the everlasting covenant. What is the everlasting covenant? Well, it refers even to the Noahic uh, covenant in Genesis chapter 9. God promised to preserve creation. Man's responsibility under that covenant was to produce and preserve life. This included the establishment of human government and law, including capital punishment for taking life. This included good stewardship of the earth. What has man done? Man has disregarded the importance of life. Abortion is all over the place and people are violating what God established. Women are marrying women. Men are marrying women. At doing exactly the things that God said, they are an abomination before him. The judgment of God in Isaiah 24 is for the violation of that covenant by rampant violence and the failure of human government even to establish righteousness. And the reason why human government fails to establish righteousness, it is when they are saying we are tolerating, we are accepting whatever is, looking for popular opinion. Some politicians have chosen to be politically correct, but to be spiritually incorrect. It would be better if we would be right with God and even wrong with men while we are standing for righteousness. Remember, righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a disgrace to any people. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Therefore the case has devoured the earth, and those who dwell in it are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. Isaiah 24, verse 6. You see, God promised Noah that he would never destroy the earth again with a flood. Not here that the judgment is now fire, because the word is brought will be burned. The, therefore, the curse has devoured the earth. Those who dwell in it are desolate. The inhabitants of the earth are burned. They will be burned. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 6 to verse 7 tells us by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for the fire until the judgment of God and the perdition of ungodly men. So God will judge. That is the judgment. But what will happen as God judges? Will he judge the earth even with his saints? No, God will preserve his saints. So let's talk about the preservation of the saints. In verses 13 to verse 15 of Isaiah chapter 24, we see that the saints are preserved through the great tribulation period. The prophecy of gloom and doom is interrupted by the sound of a distant song of praise by a remnant, which is the redeemed remnant. Isaiah 24 verse 13 to verse 15 says, When it shall be thus in the midst of the land among the people, it shall be like the shaking of an olive tree, 
like the gleaning of grapes when the vintage is done. They shall lift up their voices, they shall sing for the majesty of the Lord, they shall cry aloud from the sea. Therefore, glorify the Lord in the dawning light, the name of the Lord God of Israel in the coastlands of the sea. You see, my friend, the remnant will be small, and they will lift up their voices to glorify God. Now, in the time of testing, during that tribulation period, they will be able to glorify the name of the Lord God of Israel. So there is to be a remnant at that time, which will be of Israel, and also out to the very coastlands, which will include the whole earth, of course. So God will preserve his saints. He will not punish his loved ones. He will not let them enter through the great tribulation. That is why he has the rapture story. And now move on to talk about the universal and unparalleled suffering of the tribulation period. From the ends of the earth we have heard songs, glory to the righteous, but I said, I'm ruined, ruined, woe to me. The treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously. Indeed, the treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. Isaiah 24 verse 16. I am ruined, ruined, woe to me. That is a statement. When the prophet sees the awful character of the destruction characterizing the great tribulation, he cries out, as Dr. Jennings states it here, my misery, my misery. You see, it is going to be a terrible time of suffering. Our Lord Jesus Christ described this time of suffering in just as a striking language when he said, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, no ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. This is according to Matthew 24, verse 21 to verse 22. Because God will preserve the elect, those whom he has chosen, he will shorten the days of suffering. Fear and the pit and the snare are upon you, O inhabitant of the earth. Isaiah 24, verse 17. Now this verse states that there are three dangers that will be upon the inhabitants of the earth in that day, in the day of the great tribulation. The first one is fear. You see, now there is no freedom from fear on the earth. History is filled with examples of politicians who have talked about bringing freedom from fear to the world. They have failed. How about it? Is the world free from fear today? Not at all. Mobs are marching. Dissatisfaction and fear is everywhere. You listen to the news channels everywhere around the world. There is fear. There is death at every turn of the road. And fear will be multiplied during the tribulation. But once that is over, the millennium will usher in the real peace where Christ rules. 
But not only fear will characterize that period, but pit. Now, when you talk of pit, that is danger of death. Hanging over the world today is the threat of death, is the threat of nuclear bombs, the threat of atomic bombs, and it spells frightful death to the population of the world. Summits after summits are being held because there is the fear of death. God says he won't let the population be destroyed. The Lord Jesus said, If except those days be shortened, no flesh would be able to survive. But he is going to shorten those days. The third characteristic is the snare. Snare here is talking of deception. What the Lord Jesus Christ said as he began the Olivet Discourse fits right into the Great Tribulation period. In Matthew 24 verse 4, the Lord Jesus said, Be careful that no one deceives you. It will be a time when people will believe that they are entering even into the Millennium period. There is a lot of deception taking place today, even in the so-called house of God. There are those who are making money out of people. There are those who are even trying to just make a big name out of themselves when they do not have the real truth. Jude describes him as clouds promising rain, yet they have no rain. And the deception of the Lord's coming is also great. Some are announcing, even we have experienced here in the continent of Africa, in my own country, when some individual will just sprout out from anywhere and say, I am the Christ. We see this misleading even in our belief concerning the millennium. Some great world leaders hold to the view that we are about to enter into the millennium. Some say that we are already in it. Well, they are going to bring in nothing but the great tribulation period, and the Antichrist will take over. The world will think that they are entering the millennium, when in fact they are entering the great tribulation. One of the things that will characterize Antichrist is deception. He will be a deceiver. After all, what is his papa? His papa is the devil, and his papa is the deceiver from the beginning. Now, how many people now there are who are being deceived today? Plenty. They are deceived about life. How many people are even thinking about eternity? Not many. People just think all that matters is this life. Most people think of here and now. Science is rejecting the creation story and they don't want it. Many people are just thinking the Bible is an ordinary book. Deception, deception. This is a great day of deception, my friend. You can be deceived by signs. You can be deceived by politicians. You can be deceived by the news media. You can be deceived by the military. You can be deceived by all sorts of the malcontents who are protesting today. You can be deceived by the prosperity preachers. The only help is available in the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to him. He is made to us our wisdom, and he is our only hope. During the tribulation period, 
People will be deceived. The Antichrist will be able to look at the world and privately say, Suckers! And that's what they will be. The devil has said that about the human race for a long time. And that is what we are unless we turn to Christ Jesus. And it shall be that he who flees from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit. And he who comes up from the midst of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For the windows from on high are open and the foundations of the earth are shaken. Isaiah 24 verse 18. You see, those who don't go down into the pit of death will be snared. The book of Revelation says that one-fourth of the population is going to be taken out at one time in a great judgment, and another time one-third of the population will die. This is a description of the great tribulation period. But we move on again to talk of the, the tribulation saints are actually raised from the dead. They will be raised from the dead. So this is a marvelous passage of scripture and it speaks of resurrection. Isaiah 24 verse 21 to verse 22. It shall come to pass that in that day that the Lord will punish on high the host of exalted ones and on the earth the kings of the earth. They will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit and will be shut up in the prison. After many days, they will be punished. Isaiah 24, verse 21 to verse 22. Now, the term host sometimes refers to heavenly bodies, according to Isaiah 34, verse 4, 40, verse 26, 45, 12, Jeremiah 33, verse 22. But sometimes it can also be used to refer to the pagan gods of the heavens, as Chronicles 33 verse 5 says, and sometimes to angelic armies, 1 Kings 22 verse 19. Now, a reference to fallen angels here would fit the context properly in the light of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, 2 Peter 2 verse 4. We are told that there are angelic beings who actually engage us in the spiritual warfare. The confinement and later punishment in verse 22 there suggest the binding of evil angels that are referred to in Second Peter 2 verse 4 and Jude 6. And the binding of Satan, by the way, during the millennial period, according to Revelation 20 verse 1 to verse 3, also compared to Revelation 9 verse 2 to 11, uh, Revelation 11 verse 7, Revelation 17 verse 8, the great chapter that talks of the Babylon. What will happen? They shall go down to death. Then they will be raised from the dead. Now I believe that the meaning of this is the tribulation saints who will have part in the first resurrection. They will be raised from the dead. Revelation 20 verse 4. That's what will happen. What will happen? It shall come to pass that in that day that the Lord will punish on high the host of exalted ones and on the earth the kings. Then 
they will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit and they will be shut in the prison and after many days they will be punished. And the great tribulation will end with the coming of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Listen to this. Then the moon will be disgraced and the sun ashamed. For the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his elders gloriously. Isaiah 24 verse 23. Then the moon will be disgraced and the sun ashamed. Now, even nature is going to respond to the king of kings when he comes to rule. Christ is the only one who can end this period, known as the Great Tribulation. He is the only one who qualifies to end it. The Lord's glorious reign shall be such that it shall outshine the moon and the sun. Thus Isaiah began his prophecy with a message of worldwide judgment that shall come upon the earth during the tribulation period. But he also closes this chapter with a glorious ray of hope that in spite of all this, the king, the Lord himself, shall reign in Jerusalem. And that is hope for the believers. That is hope for the saints of God. Do you have this hope in Christ, my friend? You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.